I was going to talk just very briefly, and I'll keep it short, I know it's getting late, about just a couple of things that the Center for Evangelical Catholicism are doing, and one in particular. Um, but, as we all know, that the last few months in the Catholic Church have been pretty lousy months. And I don't have to go into detail about all of the scandals and the tremendous amount of, tremendous amount of shame that has fallen across the church. And, but one thing it's important to do is to look at history, you can see that scandal, shame, human failing, that these are nothing new to the people of God. You just have to read through sacred scripture to see that the people that fail God more than anyone else were the Israelites, God's chosen people. And it's also important to remember that every time this happens, God also solves the problem himself by raising up saints, that that's how he solves problems. And it's also important to remember that reform, it never, when you look at the history of the church, it hardly ever comes from the top down. That the great saints of the church, St. Benedict, St. Dominic, Catherine of Siena, St. Francis, that they all are the true reformers of the church, that one thing you'll notice is that they were not members of the hierarchy, that they were very sort of grassroots movements. And anyway, this is important for talking about the work of the center because what I would say is not the official mission, which is to evangelize, but I was trying to think of a simpler way to put what we're trying to do at the Center for Evangelical Catholicism, and that is simply to help make saints. Um, and so participate in the reform of the church by helping make saints. And it's also important to remember that we don't make saints that Christ himself is who makes saints. And actually, I thought a great example of this is I remember our first conference, one of the speakers who was a Christian from Iraq was talking about the phenomenon that there's tens of thousands of Muslims that are converting to Christianity um, each year in the Middle East. And they all almost always, not I say almost always, have the exact same story. And that is that Christ is actually coming to them in dreams and that they are becoming Christians. That it's amazing how he doesn't need our efforts to help make saints, to help convert people, um, but he does actually allow us to participate. That this is, um, Jay was talking about God using us as secondary causes, that he doesn't need us, but in his benevolence, he often will use us. So what at the center we're trying to do more than anything else is remove obstacles from people becoming saints is a better way of putting it. I like to think of it as kind of like being an icebreaker ship, just trying to remove obstacles between people and holiness. And so one of the main works that we're going to actually starting this spring is we're putting on we're calling colloqui or uh, uh, colloquiums for priests that we're calling the Evangelical Catholic Parish. And what they're going to do is, it, basically, if you've been to Mass anywhere across the United States, if you've gone outside of Greenville, unless you've never left Greenville before, that Mass, just about everywhere, if you've ever gone on vacation, is not like it is here. And oftentimes, if you, the liturgy is supposed to be the primary means by where we encounter Christ, where Christ is physically made present to us, where the Word of God is actually proclaimed to us. And oftentimes, while that is 
universally true, and Christ is physically present at the most ugly liturgy you've ever seen, just as much as at a beautiful one. But we do like to, at times, to throw up as many obstacles as we can to try to distract people from that true encounter with Christ. So, and the main things I'd say is through very poor preaching, and also from, rather than having what Father Newman calls Christ-centered liturgies, having liturgies that are either celebrant-centered, where the priest is more of the ringmaster um, and about him, or congregation-centered liturgies. Think of the church where the congregations were made to the seats to actually to see each other because it's all about us. Um, or you can have the choir or the cantor-centered liturgies. Um, and so what we want to do is try to help young priests, young um, priests from around the country to bring them here and try to give them the tools to show them, hey, this is how you can preach better the word of God. Because um, the, the, most young priests, that's what they want to do. They want to preach boldly, and they also want to say the Mass beautifully as prescribed by the church. And when you actually ever read the documents, especially of the Second Vatican Council, on how the liturgy is supposed to be celebrated, um, that most young priests aren't actually trained to know how to do that. And then, we're, so we're trying to bring them in, show them, hey, it can be done, and then try to give them the practical tools to actually do it. Um, so that's the, the one program that we're doing this spring, starting then. But the other main thing that we've been working on for the last year, and I would be remiss if I didn't point out our board member, just to embarrass him, Matt Gavart back here, that this is his brainchild, and he's been sort of the driving force behind it. And that is a program called Venture Fidelis. That one of the things that's true in American culture right now is that the culture, which is becoming more and more secular and anti-Christian, that for the most part will tolerate you being a Christian on Sunday, but then the rest of the week you have to check your beliefs at the door. So your, your religious beliefs cannot form your choices, um, it cannot form how you run your business, or how you invest, how you choose where to go as a customer, and you only have to look at, it's not that hard to see how difficult it is to, in, to engage in the marketplace as a Christian today, particularly as a Catholic. That if you are a Catholic business owner, that it's becoming more and more difficult to be able to run your business as a Catholic without having outside pressure from the government. Just think of everything from the Colorado baker, um, who, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago, that the state of Colorado is suing him again, even on a different grounds, even though that he uh, won that Supreme Court case. Um, I mean, you look at the Little Sisters of the Poor, who, yes, they may have won their Supreme Court case, but is it really a victory that nuns don't have to give out contraceptives? That looks like, is that what we should be cheering about? Um, and the fact is, we are only one election away from it being illegal to actually run your business according to your, your religious principles. But if you are trying to participate in the marketplace as an investor, it is extremely difficult to police and know which companies are actually running their businesses in, in a line with the teachings of the Catholic Church. So what do you have to check every single company to see? Do they give to Planned Parenthood? But more than that, like Marriott, do they get a vast majority of their revenue through the sale of pornography? Like that is very difficult. There are companies that are doing this, investment companies, but it's very difficult. 
But then third, just as an everyday customer, it's even more difficult. I mean, I don't know about you, but how many times have you ever been drinking a Starbucks coffee and someone said, hey, you shouldn't be drinking Starbucks coffee? And it's very difficult to remember, like, okay, which companies can you shop at? What? So anyway, it's hard. Um, so it, there, we can see that there's a real problem with the system. So what we came up with at the center is what we think is a very practical and easy solution to get out ahead of the problem in what we're calling Venture Fidelis, which is the creation of authentically Catholic companies um, that are distinctive authentically Catholic companies. And what this is, is basically we're trying to help companies write uh, Catholic principles into their very DNA. So when you form a company, you have to, um, you have to send your articles of incorporation, you have to file them with the Secretary of State for that state. And so what we're doing is give basically language where it's a statement of faith and belief, whereby when they're forming that company, they can put it into their articles of incorporation, which are publicly accessible documents, showing that, hey, they are going to run this company um, in accord with their beliefs. Um, and so the thing about this is that using sort of the jurisprudence of the Hobby Lobby case, that we, one of the people we've been talking with, working with us on is the Alliance Defending Freedom, that it helps get out ahead of it that they try to defend people that when they're being prosecuted, when they're being abused for not um, being in line with the party or not towing the party line, trying to um, be formed by their faith and their business decisions. And they, one of the things they wish is that every company would have one of these things ahead of time. And there are companies that are doing this. Like, so this is a common thing that there's, I mean, this is one of the things that Hobby Lobby did. So this, but it gave them a real defense. But one of the things that's lacking is, as I mentioned before, trying to know which are the companies that give to Planned Parenthood, which are the ones that are trying to live their um, faith as Christians, that's impossible to do. So one of the things that we want to do is form sort of a standardized thing that we can call a venture fidelis company, whereby we can actually have sort of a united coalition of all of the companies that do this across the entire country that has the ability to sort of have each other's backs, um, to be accessible through a database that you can actually even access through an app, walking down the street and say, oh, this is a venture fidelis company. I know I can go there. It doesn't mean that they're not necessarily gonna be any good at what they do. Um, as we all know that every once in a while you'll have Christians that try to like, well, you could shop here just because I'm a Christian. Well, sometimes they're terrible at what they do. But we also know if they are trying to run their business as an authentic Catholic, in reality, they should be better at what they do. That if you look at sort of the, the great geniuses of history from Michelangelo to J.R. Tolkien, that having an authentic Catholic worldview actually helps them be better at what they do. Um, but it also, there's, I mean, the, so the benefits to the customer, to the legal advantages, to the owner. Um, but it also, one of the things is that being an actual legal thing that's publicly accessible, it actually provides standing even to the customer um, and to the shareholders that they can actually say that you are called to run your business according to what you've actually filed legally. Um, so anyway, I will try to cut off a little bit there because I know it's getting late. But... There's a lot of different things we're doing. We're still, um, we're publishing articles. We're trying to 
shape the the conversation on church reform. Um, does anyone know Father Newman? That's he's going whole hog on the on the topic of church reform and left and right right now. But anyway, one thing I would be remiss if I didn't ask is that all these things that we're trying to do, the only thing that's actually stopping them from being able to be implemented is financial resources. So we could make, for instance, this Venture Fidelis thing a reality with a database up and going within months if we could afford to actually do it. So anyway, um, we do appreciate prayers. We appreciate volunteers, etc. But um, it was Mother Teresa who actually said that there's enough money in the Catholic Church to accomplish everything that God wants done, but the problem is it's in everyone's pockets. So um, I will stop there. Thanks for coming, and come back in the morning, and have a good night. <laughs>